When it comes to the security skills gap, what's wrong with the approach we're taking now, and how do we need to change the strategy? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking about the security skills gap today with Eddie Schwartz. He's the International Vice President of ISACA and President and COO of White Ops. Eddie, as always, it's a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks so much for joining me. Great to talk to you again, Tom. Thanks a lot for having me. So a lot has happened since the last time we spoke in the spring. Let's talk about the current cybersecurity landscape. In particular, I'd love to hear your perspective of how it's been shaped by some of the recent breaches we've seen. I'm thinking Anthem, OPM. What do you see? So we continue to see the continued emergence of advanced threats, you know, whether it's credentials being stolen, secret government information being stolen by uh, allegedly nation-state hackers. We continue to see identities in different ways, activities of organized criminal groups, allegedly cyber terrorists, and so on. And these attacks, these so-called advanced attacks, are increasing at an increasing rate. Some people have said, well, you know, this is all going to settle down at some point. But but it's, it's just not going away, and all evidence points to the fact that it's going to become more and more difficult, especially in the face of technology change. We're seeing a move to the cloud, greater emphasis on mobile, big data, uh, certainly Internet of Things is is this big looming problem that uh, is in the distance. So I think um, that combination creates a a problem that everyone is asking themselves, you know, what can we do here? How How do we solve this problem in any meaningful way? Well, let's talk about the technology. You mentioned cloud, mobile, the Internet of Things. How do you see these technology developments really influencing the cybersecurity discipline, and how do you then see them impacting security professionals? You know, I think on the one hand, certainly environments like the cloud and, you know, other types of environments offer opportunities uh, in terms of cybersecurity where, uh, you know, we can – sort of refresh everything. You know, we can say, wow, you know, here we are now in the cloud. Let's get rid of the old school ways of thinking about security, perimeter defense, and, and uh, you know, compliance-focused security, and uh, just do it right from the get-go, you know, build it right from the start. Or, you know, for example, work with service providers that are servicing potentially hundreds or thousands of customers uh, in the cloud where they have the ability to potentially do a better job of um, securing uh, the data. But unfortunately, I think there are a lot of problems. For example, there's a lack of transparency related to the controls. Uh, A lot of organizations have highly sensitive data that they're just afraid potentially to move into the cloud. And and they're not sure, uh, for example, that, um, you know, the staff and the capabilities and and the technologies that are being applied in in these environments are are any better than, than what they're using themselves. Certainly, you know, when we think about Internet of Things, you know, that's this huge area that, that's a big unknown right now. Uh, it's so diverse. You think about medical devices or self-driving cars or smart cities or smart grid. And it's just a very, very broad area where really, uh, again, most of us as cybersecurity professionals uh, really haven't had a, ch- a chance to think about it and to apply advanced technical skills to the problem to really uh, think about what are solutions that are going to make our future world safe and, and sound for, you know, for us and our children and for our businesses. 
So, Eddie, let's come back to the topic of the cybersecurity skills gap. I feel like this has sort of become the weather in our profession. Everybody talks about it, but I question what people are doing about it. When you take a step back, what do you see as the fundamental causes of this skills gap that we talk about? Well, there are a couple of things. Certainly, if you think back to the late 1990s and early 2000s, both on the government side and within critical infrastructure, a lot of the focus had to do with highly regulated environments where there was a big push to try to check a lot of boxes, uh, you know, related to compliance, for example. You know, let the government had FISMA, uh, you know, in the U.S., certainly, you know, where the, the goal was, hey, let's check all these boxes and just assert that we had a security program in place. You know, there were Sarbanes-Oxley, Graham-Leach-Bliley, you know, had HIPAA, uh, the payment card industry standard. I mean, I could I could give you a list a mile long of different types of standards and regulations where organizations were encouraged to create these broad controls-based programs where, unfortunately, created this peanut butter effect. You know, that is to say, you know, you try to spread a little bit of peanut butter across a large piece of bread, and unfortunately what you, what you wind up with is there really wasn't a focus on the areas that mattered most, you know, the crown jewels of the organization, which are, you know, are the assets that need to be protected most, really didn't get the kind of attention they needed, especially as we started to see the emergence of advanced attackers, whether it was organized criminal groups or, you know, nation states and so on. So compliance-based security really created some problems there and created a workforce that was focused on generalized security education versus technical advanced cybersecurity skills. And then as we started to deal with this problem, a lot of the the focus was on perimeter defense and trying to just stop bad things from happening. And I think we've come to the conclusion now in our industry that everyone's going to get breached at some point, but it really boils down to, you know, how can you control the bleeding? How can you detect and identify weaknesses in your environment and act quickly to create the right remedies. And, and so that really has, is the cause of the gap. You know, it's just that we haven't recognized the changes that occurred around us fast enough. And we had a workforce that was focused on, um, let's say, generalized security concepts versus focused on uh, creating programs that were advanced in nature and were focused on what was needed most to reduce risk in the enterprise. So I'd say for the past five years, We've had businesses, government entities, certainly educational institutions focus on this skills gap. In your opinion, what are some of the flaws and how organizations have tried to address this? Part of what we had to do, I guess, is sort of try to figure out for, for a number of years, well, how is somebody even eligible to participate in a cybersecurity job or to apply for a cybersecurity job? So, a number of certifications emerged over the years that would say, well, you've, you've passed a, a multiple choice test and you have shown that you have a basic knowledge of cybersecurity. You know, some basic information exists, some common body of knowledge or something like that. But the reality is, again, you know, that, that just creates a, a generalized workforce that really isn't focused on solving the the key problems that are facing organizations today and the way they're being penetrated and focusing on the most critical threats and the most important assets. So I think, you know, ultimately some of that, you know, helped create 
some baselines, if you will, for hiring employees. But really, I think we need to move away from that and say, okay, what's really needed now today, you know, and, and going forward? And, and as we look at today, what we're seeing is just ex- sort of creating a baseline where we go, well, you know, this is good enough that somebody knows some basic com- common body of knowledge to be called a security practitioner really isn't adequate for the kind of threats that we're facing. Well, I have a two-part question for you. And the first part of it is what do you see as a successful strategy to address this gap and bringing it back to Isaka? Why is yours the right organization to push the strategy? So, you know, I think, as I mentioned to you, a successful strategy does have to do with the balance between creating people that are, let's say, good managers of cybersecurity programs. And I, and I think we have a lot of those out there but also people that really are focused on dealing with the advanced threats that we're facing today and, and also looking at things from a life cycle perspective and saying, how can we alter security programs to identify uh, the most important gaps and then uh, you know, create this sort of protect, detect, respond, and recover type of framework that's described, for example, in the NIST cybersecurity framework in the U.S. model. So uh, a number of us a couple of years ago um, that our volunteers for ISACA uh, got together, you know, fairly senior individuals from all around the world, CISOs and people that have very senior positions in um, you know, large consulting firms and service provider firms, got together and said, well, you know, if, if we could just sort of start training individuals the way, you know, almost that people are trained when they come up through trades, right, where you, know, you start off as a particular practitioner level, and then eventually you become a specialist or a journeyman. And then, you know, later when you really are an expert in some way, you, you really have this sort of expert rating. And, and you have to prove it. You, know, you have to prove it through hands-on practice, and you have to prove it through performance-based testing, not just through a multiple-choice test, but by, you know, being thrown into this scenario, uh, actually doing the work and being rated uh, for scenarios that adapt and change based on the situation you're in and, and scenarios that are agile and are dealing with the kind of threats that we have today. And if you think about, you know, other things that are out there, I mean, certainly you wouldn't want a, a medical doctor, <laughs> you know, that that the only testing they've had has been, um, you know, to take multiple choice tests in medical school. I mean, you want them to have actually practiced hands-on medicine. And, and so, you know, that's what we sort of a, a working group recommended to ISACA, and, and ISACA sensibly addressed that. You know, so to the second part of your question, um, ISACA rolled out this um, CSX program, um, this uh, cybersecurity nexus program, and as the initial offering in that program is the uh, CSX practitioner level certification. And the practitioner level certification really is the you know, what I would call the, the baseline certification. It's designed to um, expose the candidate, if you will, to a broad range of knowledge and information that's, that maps to the NIST cybersecurity framework across these five domains of identify, protect, detect, respond, and recover, and then put them in real-world scenarios where they're actually asked to show that they understand how to apply those competencies in scenarios that that sort of force them into situations uh, where um, they have to scratch their heads a bit and they have to apply tools and information and 
and and uh, you know much the way we would in the real world if we were part of, of a security team or an incident response team or or a team that's dealing with a you know a, a potential breach or or something like that. So that's what CSXP is all about, and that's you know why you know I believe ISACA has a right to play in terms of uh, you know responding to the problem that we talked about. Well, Eddie, I'm glad you brought up the CSXP certification because ISACA has just announced it this week. My understanding is this is the first ever vendor-neutral, performance-based certification for cybersecurity professionals. So my question for you, who is this certification for, and how do organizations and individuals get involved with this so that we can start to sort of take the, the, the theory you have here and put this in practice? So, you know, it is, it is the first certification of its type that does combine, again, sort of real-world knowledge, um, you know, at the advanced uh, threat level with, you know, the idea of performance-based testing and testing that really does uh, require the, the, the candidate to demonstrate that they can apply the skills that they've learned in a, in a, in a real-world simulated test scenario. And, and, and again, I think it's so much more powerful than, you know, simple multiple-choice tests. You know, the, the program is really designed at anyone who wants to enter the cybersecurity field or who, who is trying to create a validation of these types of, you know, of, of baseline advanced skill sets. So uh, whether you're coming out of college and you want to sort of say, well, you know, what's the initial certification I should have that, you know, uh, builds, you know, a, a, you know, an initial set of knowledge at the apprentice level and knowledge that is current and valuable to employers that, that they're going to say, yes, uh, this person, I can put them on my incident response team. I can put them, you know, on my security team and set them loose and, and they'll be effective. You know, I think for somebody entering the field, that's valuable. For somebody that has been a security generalist and is, is looking to move to a, you know, a more technical aspect of this, it's valuable. For somebody that is not in cybersecurity but is in another area of the IT field who's looking to move across and you know, want and sees the value and, and certainly um, you know sees that cybersecurity is a hot field from a, a salary and benefits perspective, I think this is a great way to enter the field and again demonstrate to prospective employers that not only have they taken a course where they've you know been afforded some knowledge that is is, is comprehensive and valuable. But they've also demonstrated the skills, and, and they can hit the ground running when they uh, move into into the position. Versus, well, now we also have to train you how to do something, and you, you know that that that's not right. I mean, the certified individual should be able to hit the ground running, and that's that's the purpose of CSX, um, and certainly at the, the CSXP is is that baseline level. Eddie, a year from now, after you've got twelve months of the. CSXP certification out in the field, how are we going to measure the success of ISACA's strategy? Well, you know, a couple of things. I mean, first of all, with CSXP, we have some other plans, as I alluded to earlier. There's going to be mid-level and expert-level certifications that ISACA is going to be releasing uh, shortly, and, you know, you'll see those announcements from ISACA going forward. So, uh, you know, hopefully practitioners that enter this will enjoy the value of it and we'll and we'll see you know how that how that value will lead them to other levels and they'll be interested in those other levels but you know also i think what's important is that we'll see growth in the workforce people will say oh i finally see a path 
that I can get the job that I, that I want to apply for. Because there's, we just did a study that we released at the RSA conference in April, and I know that you and I talked about this uh, when we met at the RSA conference, that, you know, so many cybersecurity jobs go unfilled for so long just because employers don't feel like candidates who come to them have the required skills and have the background needed. And so, you know, a year from now, what I'd like to, you know, do, for example, is revisit those statistics and see that employers are, in fact, getting more qualified candidates, more people are taking CSX uh, certifications, and employers are feeling that, oh, well, yeah, I can actually trust that I can put these people on the job, and they're, they're seeing a greater volume of, of uh, you know, potential um, recruits for, for uh, job openings entering the workforce. So that would be a great uh, success in my mind. Well, Eddie, that's great insight. I appreciate your time and your thoughts today. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Tom. It's great talking to you as always, and uh, look forward to the next time. We've been talking about the security skills gap and a new approach. I've been speaking with Eddie Schwartz, International Vice President of ISACA and President and COO of White Ops. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.